Hi, I'm Sam, and I'd like to welcome Lee Oscar, the harmonica player for War and owner of his own harmonica brand, Lee Oscar Harmonicas. War are known for their songs, Low Rider, Why Can't We Be Friends, and many more. Welcome, Lee. How are you today? I'm good, Sam. Uh, but uh, just to get the record straight, I'm one of the founding members of the band War, but me and my colleagues, original members, uh, we have a restraining order from the federal judge. We're not allowed to say war or formally of war in, in any way in exploiting and selling tickets. So so it's uh, it's ridiculous. Sam, how are you, man? I'm doing great today. It's not every day I get to talk to a great harmonica player like yourself. <laughs> uh, well, thank you. So what inspired you to learn how to play harmonica? Well, that's a uh, good question. Um, in in uh when i was six years old so you know 1954 that's uh, so i'm, I'm a seven, 74 year old man who started playing harmonica at the age of six or let's put it that way i got my first harmonica when i was six years old in copenhagen and that summer uh when i got my harmonica from an, an american who came to visit my family and i uh, i guess he knew that was the end thing that summer Everybody in my neighborhood, all the kids in the neighborhood were playing harmonica. That was the fad. So when I got mine, I stayed with it. And uh, the next year was the hula hoop, but I kept playing harmonica. And the next year was the yo-yo, but I kept playing harmonica. And so it's been part of my DNA. It's uh, it's it's. And the one thing I want to tell you about that is that I am deeply in into music. I mean, that's one of my arts that I I live for and I'm into. And yet I can't play any other musical instrument. And most people if I didn't play the harmonica would look at me and say man you're you are musically hopeless you're you you're you're hopeless because a lot of people consider themselves musically hopeless because they can't play an instrument or maybe physically they don't have maybe they don't have timing or whatever but physically they can't channel anything to play an, an, an instrument and to me uh if it wasn't for the harmonica I would I, that would have that narrow window of that musical instrument called a harmonica if it hadn't come to me and inspired me by breathing on it it made me feel like i'm making music and i got big ears i hear but i'm not i can't physically play any other instrument i would have been considered musically hopeless and so what i want to tell you and anybody out there is that it's you a lot of people who can't play any instrument shouldn't feel musically hopeless if they love music and some people that love music and can hear musically really deep I know that people that can hear music really deep, deeper than most of us as musicians, and yet they can't play any instruments, and um, but they hear music really deep. So, so that physical thing of being able to play an instrument doesn't necessarily mean that you're musically great. I know people can play 20 different instruments, but to me, they are musically hopeless because they play all the instruments, but there's no feeling. So, so what do you draw the line? If I think it's all about feeling, you know, not just physicality that you can play an instrument, what, what, you know, what do you, what do you put your perspective in someone being musically hopeless or not? Right. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's actually really interesting. So are you completely like self-taught or did you take Absolutely. lessons? No, I got zero in school and music. I got zero in school in English and I'm speaking English to you. I'm not speaking Danish. <laughs> uh, it's, you know, that learning curve is, you know, every individual being has a, has a certain lens of the way they see things. And not everybody has the same aptitude to learn the same way. And there's no, there's not a science that fits for everybody. And so uh, there are people that don't do well in school, but it doesn't mean that they're not intelligent. It doesn't mean that they, they don't have uh, common sense. It just, you know, it's, 
I mean, if you're not inspired, first of all, with something, then it's tough to learn it. Mm -hmm. And if you are inspired by it, it doesn't mean that you're going to capture it. it. Physically, you can't play something, you know, but you've got ears that can hear, just like you've got eyes that can see a painting, so that people that can look at a painting and get an amazing feeling because the way they visually can see things doesn't mean they can paint. So how do you start making your own harmonicas? Well, I was very frustrated to start off with being that I been playing a monica, you know, had in my life, and I never stopped at the, when I was six years old, when I got it. And, you know, through time, and especially when I got with Eric Burton and War, when I, when I became, uh, uh, you know, part of that band, and uh, the demand and the way I play, uh, it was very frustrating. And maybe one out of every 10 harmonicas of another brand was was only worth playing. Nine out of 10 was, I would have to open up and fix it and do things so it was very frustrating and then at the same time it was very inspiring for me to find out how to get uh, a tool a harmonica that can live up to my demands and then i decided to with my ideas and things i think would make a better harmonica um i i met a factory in japan called tombo they are now five generations making harmonicas and i started with them in 19 in, in 197 mid 70s i met them but in 1983 is when i released my first products manufacturing at that factory that's really nice yeah i guess it, it must be nice to have like completely personalized your instrument well it's nice it's nice um, to have a, a partnership with a manufacturer with a factory that has been manufacturing harmonicas for so many years and the manufacturing is a whole different set of approaches compared to uh, a hobby you know a hobby is somebody that can tinker with things and you can do things. But when it comes to manufacturing, it's a whole different mindset. And they have the expertise in that. And so through their expertise, collaborating with my ideas and designs, um, when we came up with the harmonica, it's like it's been an amazing ride. In these 40 years in manufacturing, I've had literally no problems with our quality control or anything. It's been it's been beautiful. So um, in much respect to Tompo, I've manufactured at their factory. It's It's been an amazing ride and, and keep growing. So in your opinion, what is the best way to start learning how to play harmonica? Well, you already have one of the, one of the talents. It's called breathing. You're already breathing. You're inhaling and exhaling. And um, and if you put a harmonica in your mouth, no matter what key you're tuning it is, you'll play, you'll be breathing on it, you'll be playing multiple reads at the same time, reads vibrating different notes based on whatever a configuration is set up for that particular key you're tuning, and it'll sound musical no matter what. It's not, it's, so um, before I make the, my point and what it takes to be able to play is that it's an instrument that you're just breathing in and out and it sounds musical where other instruments you really have to put, learn, they say you've just got to learn to play a C chord on a guitar. You got to learn where's the C note, where's the E note, that's the third, and where's your fifth note in the chord, a G, right? So C, E, G. And then the dexterity of getting your fingers to hold those three notes to play it just a C chord, that's 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 before even making music. And so so harmonica gets you right there. It feels like you're making music. But if you keep playing, eventually you're gonna have muscle reflex and you're gonna be in control. Well, it's not playing you the harmonica, well, you'll play the harmonica instead of it playing you. And then uh, you know, 
the 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 achievements is endless in what you can do. It's to me the harmonica is like that's my vote, my tool. I'm a singer, basically. When I play harmonica, I'm singing. That's my way of singing. So you were saying earlier uh, about well, you were talking about the harmonicas and alternate tunings. Could you tell me a little bit about that? Like, what well, what does that mean? Yeah. So harmonicas typically the ten hole the small harmonicas you see like Neil Young, Bob Dylan, or Mick Jack of Rolling Stones, anything. Uh, it's called a diatonic. It's ten hole harmonicas, and um, and most people, whether it's Chicago blues or folk music, wherever, is a major diatonic harmonica. And a major diatonic harmonica was set up to play. Was originally used to play European umpa music. So it's set up going from a one chord to a five chord. Blow, you got a one chord. Draw, you got the five chord. So if it's a C major diatonic harmonica, you blow anywhere, you got a C chord, C E G C G all across all ten reads is C E G C G C G C. When you draw, you got from hole number two, three, four, and five, you got a you got G B D, and then an F with it, so you got a G seven chord. So basically, you're going from a one chord to a five chord, which is the motif of music that's used in Northern Europe. So it was basically for European umpa music, and then when People in America took on, it, you start from the draw, from inhale and blow, from inhale then blow is, um, uh, you play a Mixolydian scale, which is used in Chicago blues and that kind of stuff, you know, blues and country and that. Then I came out with other tunings. We make 18 keys in the major diatonics, but then I also came out with 12 keys in what we call a natural minor. So it has the natural minor scales. And, uh, and and of course, the relative major in that, and also harmonic minor in 12 keys. And then another tuning we I call the melody maker, which I make in nine keys that goes from a major seventh to a minor second. So these different tunings in all the keys we make allows you to play all different genres of music, not just Chicago blues or campfire music or folk, but it it you, you you're able to play reggae, African, uh, you ever play tank, or you able to play, you name it, different genres of music um, based on these different scales. All right, yeah, that's really neat that you can like play so many different things with just one one small instrument uh, that you put on your mouth. <laughs> with, with techniques, uh, then you are obviously not limited to just a notation layout that that you're breathing in and out. But with techniques called bending, and then other things called overblows and overdraws, you can go on. Uh, you can get so many different chief, so many different scales on just one major diatonic. But the sweet spots, even people have perfected these techniques somewhat. I just find that the sweet spots are not right on. They might rip solos and all that. But if you're playing pristine, a beautiful melody of some kinds, you need those notes not to be articulated with good intonation. So having different tunings to play different scales rather than just using technique, but a combination of different tunings and your techniques you have an amazing rainbow of motifs of music you can you can play at ease. So, who were some of your musical inspirations? Uh, well, when I came to uh, when I came to the United States and I got my first turntable with Eric Burden and Wall, when I or just before I got with Eric Burden and Wall, I got a used turntable. And Ray Charles' "Crying Time" was my first album I've ever owned. And Ray Charles was significantly a huge influence in my phrasing and the way I played, the, the way he sang. And I would say the guys in the band uh, in War and that when when sax harmonica that was my sound harmonica with Charles Miller on saxophone 
we were at the horn section. And so a lot of inspirations uh, came different ways. But I grew up in radio. Uh, that was the only entertainment. And in Denmark, when I was a kid, we didn't have different categories of music. Marketing didn't do that. Today, you have categories of music for two reasons. For librarians, where to file it, where to put it back in the shelf, or for marketing. Uh, but Otherwise, music is music, and it's uh, you know, and it, to me, it doesn't matter what genre of music you want to call it. It's all if it's if it's got heart and soul, it's got a, it's swinging, and it's got a great phrasing, it's got you know pockets, it's all the elements you want to have to make real music come through. The magic of music, um, you know, it it doesn't matter what the genre is. Yeah, well, music's a pretty great thing, and. Uh... What music do you listen to today? Uh, I I don't want to be embarrassed, but I spend a lot of time composing and producing, so I think I find myself 99% of the time listening to myself. <laughs> but I'm always hungry to hear something that is inspiring. And uh, and every so often I come across something uh, somebody has sent me or something that I say, man, this is cool, this is good. But we are saturated with with uh, not to put my stuff on a on a you know on a higher bar. I mean, for myself, I believe it. I, I do good stuff. I mean, I'm I'm loyal to my arts, but uh, but I find there's a lot of mediocrity in this world with anything. Uh, and music, the music industry has really created a platform where everybody wants to be in the music business. And I'm not so sure if it's if, if it's more for they think it's fun to be famous or, or there's something to sensationalism of the music business rather than being dedicated to the music. I'm not so sure which where most people lean, but I find a lot of mediocrity. If I, if I, not to talk too much, Sam, but to, just to tell you, in more recent times, I realized that I have a fiduciary responsibility to myself if I, by calling myself an artist, that I must never be afraid to express anything that comes through me, present, past, or future. If I went to the grave and I was afraid to express anything that comes through, um, I would have been uh, very disappointed in calling myself an artist. So that's the responsibility of an artist is to express whatever comes through you not to be afraid that's what the art so yeah that's actually art art is a very very interesting thing i really love how it can be interpreted by so many people in so many different ways how did you join war yeah i i was in los angeles uh you know trying to trying to get through the gate and have things make things happen and i met eric burton who was from the from a band called the animals uh and eric burton was on the same you know mick jagger eric burton uh uh, the Beatles, I mean, you know, the Animals, Rolling Stones, it was that was like the top of the food chain, if you want to talk, kind of talk about rock and roll and all that. And I was so excited that, to meet Eric Burton, and uh, and that was my uh, my my opportunity uh, to be part of a band. He wanted to part a new band together, so he and I met up with some other people that we were referred to check out. And the nucleus of that band, and Eric and myself, we uh, called it War, and we started performing and recording. So how'd you pick the name War? Well, everybody has a different story. My story is that when we sat around a swimming pool, after we decided to pick a new band here, but with the nucleus of this band that we met up with, you know, everybody was talking about the, the word pollution, and I, I kept walking around saying, I kept saying that if people walk around saying peace, back then everything was peace. You can't be 100% in peace if you're going to be creative. 
creative. I mean, once you're, if you're 100% in peace, there's nothing you want to create. I don't think there's anything you want to do. So I think the part in us that makes us makes us uh, do things, you know, uh, in whatever it is, is the war within us. The war within us. That's and then when I said that, that the manager back then, uh, Steve Gold, he pulled that out. War. That's a good name. Oh, that's a good name. Let's go to war. Yeah, that is actually a really great name. <laughs> I always especially find it- back then when they said peace, everybody, and you know, yeah, that was yeah, shock. Yeah. I, I always find it so interesting to hear like the stories of how these band names were created. Like, I that's really neat. You just came up with uh, the inner war, I guess, in, in us. <laughs> yeah, I was philosophizing and uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and pulled out. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if it works, it works. <laughs> right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, do do you know of any artists that record with your harmonicas? Uh, I mean, I I. I, I, there's obviously a lot more people who uses my harmonicas than I know. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, Mick Jagger uses our harmonicas. Uh, uh, a lot of people, known or not known, you know, a lot of people. I mean, I I would say in the, it, with the brick and mortar stores, you know, uh, retail stores, and that we are second largest. We we are. It's Hona and then Lee Oscar harmonicas. Um, so, you know, we're about 30% of the market, which right. is pretty good. Yeah, that is pretty good. Yeah, that's really neat. Are there any, art, like, harmonica players out there, like, you know, Bob Dylan, Neil Young, you were saying before, that you you just really like and you like their sound? You know, I'm not a judge. I never want to be a judge. Every so often you get invited and I always turn it down. As far as I'm concerned, Bob Dylan is great. Neil Young is great. I mean, they I wouldn't play that way. That's the way they play. But but it has a nice effect. It's 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 part of the treatment because they write a song, a great song, and it's melody and lyrics. And and part of the treatment when they when they perform the tune is they have a little bit of harmonica in there. So it's so you know, harmonica has been used in so many different ways, and there's so much potential that has never been used before. I, I don't like to compare. I don't like to judge. The only one that I judge is myself and everybody else. I always look at, hey, I don't care. Like, I will feature people on on, on LeeOscar.com that is not necessarily great. They're not virtuosos, but I love the passion, you know? Even though musically it may not be great. If I see there's passion, I, 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 I'm supporting it because that's what it's about, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, music is just, it's incredible, you know? It's... I think it's one of the the greatest gifts to the world that we all just get to listen to such incredible music and we have such incredible musicians like you and uh, all the other musicians out there that can share this music with the world. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. But but at the end of the day, it's all about acknowledgement and and loving what you do, you know? Yes, it is. And by the way, the, the band... We call ourselves is we call ourselves the lowrider band. Lowrider band is me and Hale Brown, Howard Scott, you know, original members from the from the band War. That's what we do. We we go out there and play as the lowrider band when we do play. We don't play that often, and when we do, I call it a rare commodity because it is a rare commodity to have us all get on stage and jam together. It's a, it's like nothing else. I mean, that's that's the essence of what War music is and. That's what we do. It's all jamming and creating. Well, I'll be sure to look out for uh, the next time the Lowrider band is in my area. And I will will definitely uh, go and I'll say hi if I see you there. (laughs) And Lee Oscar and Friends is what I play up here in the Northwest. And I have an amazing band up here, too. So if you ever see 
my name or somewhere playing. I'm playing, uh, well, I'm playing Hawaii in December 10th and 11th, or the 17th, December the 17th. I'm playing a little place called uh, North City Bistro in Shoreline. Oh, in, uh, yeah, in Shoreline. It's a All nice right. little place. Check well, it out. I think you'll like the music we do, and the food is good. And uh, well, that's that, called North City Bistro. You got it for me. The food and music is what I'm about. <laughs> <laughs> right on, man. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure talking to you. And um, thank you. Thank you so much. I'm I'm really glad I got to hear all about you. This has been so interesting. Well, right on, Sam. Thank you for reaching out. Thanks for having me on your show. For and sure. uh, all all the best with everything. And uh, you're welcome to stay in touch. All you right. Take good, you take too. Care now. Bye. Bye-bye.